Hello, this is Jake Watkins. I'm the Young Adults Pastor at Cross City Christian Church, and welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk inspires you and encourages you into anchoring the love and power of Jesus into your daily life. Enjoy the message. My name is Jake. I'm the Young Adults Pastor, if we haven't met, but I think I've met almost everybody in the room. Almost, almost. Hi, Caleb. Thanks for waving, making me feel special. Um, but uh, if it's your first or second time, this QR code right here, if you take out your phone and you point and shoot at that QR code, uh, you'll get access to all our digital content as well as our digital notes. So we don't pass out physical notes here, although you can take physical notes, uh, but we do everything digitally. So you'll get access to that. But we've been in this series called Battle Plans. Battle Plans Revisited because we did this series like a year ago, all on video, and I just like felt like it needed its time to shine. I felt like this was a word uh, that's as relevant this year as it was last year. And so we've been going through this series. So if you'd read this, uh, this, this main passage with me, it's going to be on the screens. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is the word of God. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you for joining us this week. And uh, you may have thought that last week was uh, the end of the series. Maybe you thought we were done here because we you thought we finished the armor of God. Scotty, where's Scott? Scotty, where you at? He's coming out of the drum cage. Scotty brought the heat last week. Can we give it up for Scotty? Killed it last week, my dude. Proud of you. He kind of wrapped up, like, you look at this passage, and he kind of wrapped up, like, all the, like, the metaphorical armor of God, right? Like, the sword of the Spirit was the last piece. But then we, we really get to the, the real last part of it. Okay, listen to this. Verse 18. And pray. And pray. And pray. In the Spirit, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to pray. Listen, getting dressed is just the preparation. Getting dressed is just the preparation. Uh, last year, uh, when we were doing this series all on video, uh, most of us were stuck at home, okay? Like, do you remember that time, that weird time period where we literally went nowhere because nowhere was open? Target was like going to Disneyland, okay, at that point. But you remember that time 
We literally got ready for nothing. All day, it was sweats and a t-shirt, okay? I miss those times because it was fun. Wake up. You don't even have to brush your teeth. You just hop on over to the couch. You grab a snack. You binge watch a TV show. You binge watch another TV show. At no point were we getting ready and dressed up to do anything, right? And so then when, like, lockdown ended and whatever, getting ready and getting dressed to go out someplace felt like a chore. But when you did it, it felt like, man, I actually did something with my life. Like, it, I, I am dressed right now, and I look presentable. This is an accomplishment. But I want to let you know, getting dressed is not an accomplishment, okay? It's just preparation, all right? Like, you, I wake up, then I get dressed, and then I go to work. Like, you wake up, you get dressed, and then you go to school. Hopefully. Hopefully, you're going to school dressed. If you're not, there's an issue there. Talk to me afterwards, okay? But it's like, it's just preparation for your day. So I want to let you know that the armor of God, when talking about spiritual warfare, putting on the armor of God is just the start of the process. Putting on the armor of God is just preparation for what will come. Do you, you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying there? So, so there are fights, there's battles, there's things coming our way, and part of the preparation comes with putting on the armor of God, and then comes the fight. It says, take up the shield, take up the helmet, take up the sword, and pray. Prayer is supposed to be part of the process as we become ready to fight spiritual battles. So prayer is every bit as important as our armor. So I want you to know this. Prayer is part of the process. If you're taking notes, prayer is part of the process. And I know that prayer uh, to some of us it seems so incredibly daunting. Like you ever have to pray out loud like in front of people? Like you... <laughs> You may get really nervous about that. I know there's some people in here that's like public speaking is not my thing. Even at your, like in front of your own family, praying in front of your own family is difficult. They're like your, your parent or something like asks you to pray for dinner and you're like, ah, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. And like that's like that's the extent of your prayer knowledge, okay? And I understand. There's some of us who may, maybe haven't grown up in a Christian home or haven't grown up going to church. But then the opposite side of things you got people who were raised in church, and every moment that they can pray out loud in front of people, they're going to take it. Because they're like, I know some big church words, and I'm going to say them so I sound really Christian and holy, okay? There's some of you are on that spectrum. we got two sides of things, and then some of us are in the middle of there. And listen, I, maybe the only times you pray are when a pastor's praying, and you're praying along with the pastor, or when a worship leader prays, and you're praying along with the worship leader. I, it doesn't matter where you are on this spectrum of prayer, okay? I'm not trying to guilt trip you about anything. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, because I know there are many times in my life where my prayer life is lacking. That is a reality. But I do want us to see tonight, though, the privilege we have and the access we have to God in prayer. And that's what, we, that's what we're going to be talking about. So here's some things we learn from this passage about prayer. If you're, if you're taking notes, number one is this. We see in this passage, Paul shows us the need for prayer. In 2010, a Chilean gold and copper mine collapsed. 
It collapsed out of nowhere, and it trapped 33 miners underground. So this collapse happens, and it cuts off all communication to these miners. And really, 16, 17 days start to go by, and they haven't had a single word from these miners. They don't know if they're dead or they're alive or they're hurt. They, they really don't know. And so the people on the surface, they've been drilling and they've been digging. And you can imagine as the days go by with no communication, hope starts to fade you can imagine being a family member or a loved one, a husband or a wife, and, and, and your significant other's trapped down there in, in the mind collapse. And you, as the days go by and the hours start to trickle, you start to wonder, is there any, is there any hope left that they're alive? And you're just, you're just begging for some sort of communication. And on day 18, as they're drilling down into the rubble, they, they pull the drill up, and attached to the drill is a handwritten note. And it was from one of the miners, and he says, hey, we're, we're trapped down here, but we're alive. We're alive. There's hope. And everyone on the surface, man, they just cheered. They cheered at the thought of there's been some communication and we know that they're okay. And so then they start sending down uh, supplies and, and, and food and water down to them. And, and then what they do is they start exchanging notes back and forth. There was a form of, of communication that, that was there. And sometimes we don't recognize the value of communication until we don't have access to communication. Sometimes we don't realize how important communication really is, not just in a dire situation, not just in life or death situation, but in every aspect of our lives, communication is key. Here's what the Corporate Finance Institute said about the importance of communication. It says this, having strong communication skills aids in all aspects of life from professional life to personal life and everything that falls in between. From a business standpoint, all transactions result from communication. Good communication skills are essential to allow others and yourself to understand information more accurately and quickly. In contrast, poor communication skills lead to frequent misunderstanding and frustration. You know one of my biggest pet peeves? Poor communication. I just can't stand poor communication. And sometimes I'm a poor communicator and I can't stand myself. But I just, like, dude, when you're ordering a burger and you're like, no onions, and they're like, extra onions. Hate that, dude. That's like the worst. I, I like, that, that's like one of my biggest. How about uh, when you wake up real early and you go to your 8 a.m. class and you stayed up real late the night before, but you did it, you're there and you arrive to your 8 a.m. class and it's canceled and your professor had no communication with you. That makes me so angry. I'm like, I got a bed for nothing. I'm going to nap right here in the hallway. I'm going to show this professor who's boss, right? I ain't showing up next time. But like poor communication, man, that bothers me. Uh, how about you ever been in a situation, poor communication just affects a friendship? Uh, maybe it affects a relationship between you and a family member or a significant other. I mean, maybe, maybe you, you made a joke or you were a little sarcastic in a comment, but the other person thought you were serious, and then you didn't, like, really communicate that you were joking, and so then they're harboring this anger and resentment, and they're like, you meant that, and you're like, no, I was joking. Just poor communication. Poor communication 
can affect us in every aspect of life. And I, I think we've all been in a situation where poor communication was the root cause of a problem. In fact, I can guarantee that you are probably going to face a problem this week where the root of it was poor communication, either on your end or on their end. I can almost guarantee it. I mean, like, if communication is important in our everyday lives, then don't you think it's important to communicate with the God who created communication? If communication is at the core of our relationships, whether it's a job, whether it's a a significant other, whether it's family, whatever it is in life, if communication is a core principle, then shouldn't we be concerned about the way we communicate with our creator? I mean, even this, have, have you thought about how important communication is in warfare? And I'm not talking about, like, boys dropping in on, on a war zone with the dudes, okay? Yeah, you need good communication in that, okay? I want to call out every once and then, okay? Like, communicate, please. Get on those comms. But, like, in real life, in real life warfare, man, if you're able to cut off the enemy from communication, then there's a very good chance that you're going to win the battle, And I want you to know that there's an enemy out there who wants to cut off your communication. Samuel Chadwick said this, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless study, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. I want you to know this. Prayer is communication. Prayer is simply communication. It connects us to God in an intimate and personal way. When we're not communicating with God, we're not connecting to God fully in all the ways that he intended us to be. And I want you to know, when we're talking about spiritual warfare, man, that's exactly what the enemy wants. And when we're talking about prayer in the, the context of spiritual warfare, when we aren't praying in the midst of our battles, we are opening up ourselves to defeat. Good communication brings victory. In James chapter 4, it says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I want to let you know, if you're finding yourself failing often, if you you find yourself getting tripped up by the enemy often, if you find yourself losing more battles than you're winning, I could almost guarantee that at least one of the reasons, and there may be many reasons, but I can guarantee at least one of the reasons I can guarantee is a lack of communication. It's a deficiency in your prayer life. I can almost guarantee it. If you want to stand against the devil's schemes, you need to pray. If you want to stand, it starts with prayer. And as we submit to God and as we draw near to God in prayer, the devil flees. It's right there in James. Prayer 
is the way we tap into God's protection, God's provision, God's strength, God's power, and God's battle plan. I don't know if you realize this, but God has opened a door for communication. He has made a way through prayer that's absolutely unheard of in any other like major religion in the world. There's a direct line to the Father. But oftentimes I see that it goes unused or it's misused. Because not only do we need prayer, but I read in this passage that we have to pray the right way. We got to pray the, the right way. Number two, the way of prayer. This is what we see in this passage, the, the way of prayer. I, I've heard people say this. There's no wrong way to pray. Wrong. There's a wrong way to do everything, okay? There's literally a wrong way to do everything. Like, if you put your clothes in the dryer and then put them in the washer, wrong, okay? If you put pineapple on pizza, wrong. If you put toilet paper under instead of toilet paper over, wrong, okay? People who put the milk in the cereal bowl before the cereal, psychopaths, wrong, okay? How are you supposed to know how much milk you need? There's a, there's a level there, okay? There's ways to do things that are wrong, and there's a way to pray that is wrong. The way we pray matters. Jesus even talked about it. This is how I know. If Jesus talked about it, I believe it. He, and, and, and we see that he mentions those who think they're going to be heard because of their loud speaking, their vain repetition, those who pray in order to be seen by others, wrong. And then we also see there's, there's a way of prayer that's entirely self-centered. There's a way of prayer that is self-reliant. There's a Pharisee in Luke chapter 18 who prayed with himself, Lord, I thank you that I'm not a sinner like other men. What kind of prayer is that, dude? Well, that's, what? There's a ways of praying that are religious but are not Christian. There's ways of praying that are religious but not Christian. Paul says in verse 18, and pray in the what? In the spirit. And pray in the spirit. What does Paul mean by that? I think he is talking about prayer that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, we have access in one spirit to the Father. The Spirit is the one who gives us access into the presence of God, so we are to pray in the Spirit. Listen, everything we do that pleases God has to be done in the Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, if it's not in the Spirit, he won't hear it. <laughs> Turn to the other neighbor and say, if it's not in the spirit, he won't hear it. You and I have received an amazing gift through the power of Jesus. Not only have we received the forgiveness of our sins, but deposited inside you is part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit has been deposited inside you, and that gives us access to God the Father. The Spirit inside us enables us to know God, to walk with God, to love God, to believe him, to trust him, to be more like his son, and to communicate 
with him in a way that humanity has never been able to do before. And I want you to know that when Jesus paid for our sins, he gave us righteousness that we couldn't obtain without him. And that righteousness covers us through Jesus. And as Paul puts it in chapter 3, verse 12 of Ephesians, it gives us boldness and access with confidence to come to God. We have access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, the creator of the universe, the sovereign ruler of heaven and earth, gives us access to his presence. That, that means because of Jesus, through Jesus, because of the spirit of God indwelling in your heart, that means that at any moment, at any time, you can come right into the presence of God. That is an amazing privilege, friends. That is an absolutely amazing privilege. You don't have to walk into the, the department of prayer services, get in line, take a number, and wait to be seen by God. That's not how it works. It's at any moment, at any time. And you can be confident. And you can come in boldness. And you can pray with expectation. An expectation that you will be heard. It means that you can come in the presence of God. You can speak your mind. You can come with boldness and confidence that God will hear you, that God will listen, and that his ear is bent towards you. And if you, if you know he hears you, if you know he's listening, then that brings me to the third thing we're going to learn from this passage, the scope of prayer. Paul wants you to know in which the scope that you need to pray. Now, I love, uh, this is, I'm getting old, okay? 10 years ago, that's a decade, I started my senior year of high school, okay? I'm, <sighs> it's making me nervous, okay? It's like, I hit 25 and I had a quarter life crisis. It was bad. I'm gonna hit 30 and I might croak, okay? But 10 years ago, I started my uh, senior year of high school and I love connecting with like old high school best friends, okay? Not the ones that are like, hey, I've become an entrepreneur and I want you to sell Arbon. Not those people, okay? I don't, no. I'm talking about like my high school best friends. I love connecting with them. And it's not like often that we connect, but every few months we'll hang out, we'll catch up. We'll, we'll know, like talk about all the latest life events and it'll be, it'll be like we never stop talking. You guys have those friends? And then what happens? You stop talking, and then a few months later, you do that cycle again. Then you catch up. Hey, what's the biggest life events? What's going on? You know, I think sometimes we do that with God. We, we treat him as his best friend. We kind of stay every once in a while. It's easy sometimes to reconnect with God. Sometimes it is. Like, we know, we know he's right there. It's easy to come to him and be like, hey, God, here's everything that's been going on in my life. And you catch up. And then a few months later, you do it again. And we treat God as that friend. But I want to tell you, God's already in the midst of your struggles. God's already in your victories. God's already in all your life's moments. God does not want to play catch-up with you. God wants to be in it with you. God wants to be that friend that you're calling up every day. 
and tell them what's going on. I know you've got those friends. God doesn't want to play catch-up. He wants to be in it. Here's the truth. All of us have been doing a lot of praying lately. That's the truth. All of us have been doing a lot of praying lately. Even if it's not prayer the way you you think it is. Even if you don't realize it. Because prayer is communication. And so if prayer is communication, then most of you have already been communicating. It just hasn't been with God. You're communicating to a best friend. You're communicating to a parent. You're communicating to a boyfriend or girlfriend. You're communicating online on social media. You're communicating, but you're leaving out the one person that can help you the most. And I realized when I became a pastor that I'd be doing a lot more like one-on-one conversations with people. It kind of turns into counseling, but I am not a counselor, okay? I let everyone know I am not a licensed counselor whatsoever. Please don't take any official professional advice from me, okay? Not a counselor. I can, however, be a spiritual advisor, right? And so I, I meet a lot of uh, one-on-ones with people, and they, they talk to me about, you know, life, situations, problems, troubles. And almost every time I ask this question, and say, have you prayed about it? Just a simple question. Have you prayed about it? And I'm surprised, and I don't know at this point why I'm surprised anymore. I'm surprised that the answer is usually no. But if you can talk to me about your situations and troubles, If you can talk to your friend about situations and troubles, if you can talk to your family about your situations and troubles and anxieties and fears, if you can talk to your boyfriend and girlfriend about it, then you can talk to God about it. It's really that simple. I think oftentimes we overcomplicate it or we we think God is too big for our small issues. But I'm telling you, I would always rather someone over-communicate with me than under-communicate with me. God would rather you over-communicate with him than under-communicate with him. God can handle the communication. Whatever you can throw at him, he can handle it. In this Verse chapter 18, I just want to point something out. If we can put it on the screens, actually. Verse 18, I want to point something out. I want to point out the alls in this passage, the alls. And pray in the Spirit on all. Say it with me, ready? And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Say all. Praying in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Praying in all occasions means that we're praying in the good times and we're praying in the bad times. It means we're praying in both prosperity and adversity. It means we're praying when we're healthy and when we're sick. It means we're not neglecting prayer at any point in our lives, in any season of our lives. Prayer 
shouldn't be an afterthought. Prayer should be a state of operation. Prayer shouldn't be an afterthought. Prayer should be a state of operation. Praying with all kinds of prayers and requests. This means that we're praying for the big things and we're praying for the small things. We're we're praying for wisdom in all of our big life decisions and we're praying for an A on that test. As I get ready to close, I want to tell you, I grew up with a mom who was a prayer warrior, okay? Prayer warrior, like she's a prayer, okay? That is what she is. She prays. And I'm so thankful I had that example. And I know for a fact that my mom's prayers kept me out of a lot of trouble. I know for a fact my mom's prayers put this anointing over my life that only a mom's prayers could, okay, and and steered me in the right direction. But one thing about my mom, as a prayer, she prayed for the big things, and she prayed for the little things. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. A couple weeks ago, uh, we were headed out of town, me, my wife, and uh, my parents, all in one car, headed to Arizona, Okay, long trip, long trip. But ever since I was a kid, I always remember at the, at the start of our trip, right at the start as we're heading and getting on the freeway, I always remember my mom would be like, hey, 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 let's pray. Let's pray right now. And she would pray for protection over our car ride, all right? She'd pray for protection over our travels. Every time, I'd be like, okay, mom. And so I remember this time was no different, okay? We're getting onto the freeway, and she'd say, hey, hey, let's, let's pray. So we prayed for God's protection over our travels, and we're kind of nodding along, but my mom is like right there, man. She means it. We're driving down the freeway, and we're coming to a bend in the freeway where you can't really see what's around the corner necessarily. And so we're going, you know, 60, 70, come around the corner, and I see traffic is dead stopped, dead stopped. So I had to put on the brakes. I'm the, I'm the one driving, okay? I had to put on the brakes, and we come up hot onto these cars. And so I, you know, I, I, I kind of angled the nose of the car out just a little bit, and I was really close behind. There was an RV right in front of us. I was really close behind this RV. Angled out my, my nose just a little bit, and I, I was watching the rear view mirror. I was watching behind us. And as I'm watching, the RV is starting to move forward a little bit and give a little bit of space. And as, I, as I'm watching the rear view, I see more cars coming up. And then I see a car come flying down the side, just flying down. So I angled the car back in. And this car barely misses the nose of the vehicle, slides in like this in front of us, and just nails the RV. Demo- like cars just smashed in. And I was just like... That could have been us. And then I just drove away because I figured somebody else would call it in, right? I was like, I'm getting out of here. I'm not getting stuck. We'll be here for three hours. But, I, but as we're leaving, I was thinking, man, and, and my mom prayed again. She said, just thank you, Lord, for that protection. And my mom prayed for the big things, and she prayed for the small things. And I remember every year during Christmas time. I love going shopping at the mall during Christmas time. It's not even about what you're buying, what you're getting. It's kind of about people watching. You're watching kids drop their pretzel on the ground, and the mom's like, I told you not to drop it. And the kid's like, ah, my cheese. And it's just like, it's just funny stuff. It's just the great things you get to see. But whenever we'd go 
it's a madhouse to find parking. And my mom, being my mom, she would always pray. She'd say, hey, we're going to pray for a parking spot. I said, a parking spot? God doesn't care about a parking spot, mom. She said, oh, you wait and see. Every time, I, I, my, my sister will just attest to this. But my mom would pray, Lord, give us a parking spot right up front. Every time, without fail, reverse lights come on. And there goes a car backing out of a spot. And we got it, front row. And I go, Mom, what? Why does God care about a, a parking spot, Mom? She said, God cares about the little things. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Author Debbie Wilson, she tells this story about how a tornado came through her neighborhood and it ended up hitting their house, her and her husband. And thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage. And in the midst of it, her husband says, I, I, I lost my comb. I can't find my comb. And so she just tells him, just buy, buy another one. It's a 35-cent comb. I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of things, we're, we're having to fix thousands of dollars worth of stuff. It's a 35-cent comb. Just buy another one. And he says, I, I, I can't buy a, another one. My father gave me that comb. That comb was with me on my first date. That comb was with me when we got married, Deb. I, I can't, I, it's, it, there's, there's sentimental value to that. I can't just replace it. It carried treasured memories. See, what gave that comb value? It's how the husband felt about it. Maybe you believe your life's details are unimportant to a busy God. Why, why would you bother a big God who's got all these important, why would you bother him with the little things, with the little small problems? God bothers with the small things because he cares about how you feel about them. He bothers with the little things because of how he feels about you. Debbie's husband experienced a special connection with the Heavenly Father when he found that comb. And he realized God cared about the small things. So let me ask you this. How's your prayer life? Really, if you're taking an inventory today, how's your prayer life? I think not only has God given you the, the full armor that you need to fight spiritual battles, but he's given you every resource you need at the ready. And all you have to do is make the ask. All you have to do is ask. Not only should you make time to read God's word. Not only should you make time to have community. Not only should you make time to go to church. Not only should you make time to go to your small group. But you need to make time to pray. You need to make time for communication. Because prayers can make all the difference in your life. There's nothing too big or too small that your God can't handle. So what do you need to talk about him today? What do, you, what do you need to talk to him about? Has it been a couple months? Are you waiting for the catch-up moment? Hey, God, here's everything going on in my life. I, I don't know what it is that you need to talk to him about. I don't know if it's big. I don't know if it's small. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I do know you need to talk. If it matters to you, it matters to God. 
Thank you for tuning into AnchorCast. I pray that you take this word and that Jesus transforms your life in ways you never thought possible. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. And of course, follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to stay up to date with all of our events, meetings, and uploads. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you. Thank you.